thank you guys for praying together. Continue to pray uh, for the situation. Lift it up to the Lord. Certainly I know you are, and I know you will. Well, I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to John 14. Just close your bulletin and put that outline away. Uh, because if you try to fill out those blanks, you'll be twisting the truth. Uh, so, so don't do that. Uh, really, uh, when I was working on this series of calling, uh, I, I really believe that today uh, that God has uh, given me the freedom to change the message this morning uh, and, and put a, another uh, idea about calling in its place because of where we are as a church, as a community, as a nation. And that's a call to security. That God calls us to be safe. To be able to live in stressful times and have peace about our living in those stressful times. That, that God has given us, uh, by the indwelling of His Holy Spirit, uh, a sense of power and a sense of assurance, if you'll tie into that sense, that, that can lift us above all the circumstances that we face, no matter what they are. He gives us, certainly, a call to security, to feel safe and to feel confident in Him that no matter what we're facing, that we can go through those particular times. Now, there's no question we're living through some unprecedented days uh, in our nation. Now, it's not that our nation hadn't faced struggles before. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've faced many struggles through the history of this young nation. Uh, struggles that, faced, uh, that, that could have caused the end of this great nation. Uh, but we're living through a particular time now that... Uh, we need that peace of God and that assurance from Him that we're going to be okay and that everything is going to be fine. And so one of the passages of Scripture that God gives us is from John chapter 14. Uh, and it was a, a verse or some words that Jesus uh, gave His disciples a sense of security for uh, and, and to. And so I want us to think about these very things as well. Uh, and listen to what the Bible says, beginning at verse 1, we'll read through verse 6. It says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know in the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord... We do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now some of you are saying, Brother Mike, why that passage? You know, I, I, you know, I've heard that passage a lot of times, but it's maybe been in context of some other place, not worship, but, but maybe at the funeral for passages about uh, those saints who've gone home. Listen, I want to assure you today that this particular scripture is really more uh, in the more setting of a wedding than it is a funeral. Uh, and so what Jesus is trying to do is to reassure, reassure his disciples that everything's going to be okay. That everything's going to be fine. It's all going to work out. You see, first of all, we have security because of his command to us. That he gives us an instruction. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You know, we need to hear that today. We need to hear that assurance that, listen, you may be hearing all kinds of voices through the media, uh, through friends, through places that you hang out, 
uh, through wherever, and all those voices are anything but comforting. They're, they're anything but reassuring. They're anything but giving you a sense of security. And then there's that voice of Jesus Christ that above it all calls out to us, and he says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You see, he gives us a statement for a troubled heart. He gives us a hope for something that's causing us distress. Now listen, I don't want to get too technical, but in the Greek, this particular passage, these words that he's saying are in the present tense, in the indicative mood, and that simply means that it's a continuing command. What Jesus is saying, never let your heart be troubled. Never let your heart be troubled. <clears throat> you say, well, what? What about when I'm hearing all these things? What about when I'm worrying about what might happen? What about when I go to Walmart and I can't get a can of soup or a box of mac and cheese? You know, I mean, what's my world coming to? Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. He gives us that statement and he says, never let it become trouble. Never let it stay trouble. Think just for a moment about the context of what Jesus is saying. <clears throat> he said, it's his death. He's already told his disciples. He, he's, he's washed the disciples' feet. He's announced his death. He has identified his betrayer. He says, I'm going to die and here's the one who's going to give me up. And in all that, he says, never let your heart be troubled. They were about to face the greatest transition in all their life to have Jesus one day and the next for him to be calm. And Jesus says, no matter how difficult it gets, never let your heart be troubled. Don't worry about those things. You see, he also gives us some indication about the symptoms of a troubled heart. What do they cause or what comes from a troubled heart? Well, one of those things is fear. When we have a troubled heart, we're fearful. We become afraid. Now, fear gives birth to what? Panic. Right? You might have seen some of that here lately. Uh, if you watch some of the news stories. Uh, when we become afraid, we become panicked. Listen to what Jesus says a little bit later in chapter 14. Look at verse 27. He says, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you, does I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be what afraid. Neither let it be afraid. Don't fear. He says, I, I want to give you peace. I'm going to give you a peace that's that that it's not the same kind of peace that the world gives. What, what kind of you know when we think about worldly peace, uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, great distinction between that and the kind that God gives us. Uh, the peace this world comes, it may come today and it may be gone. You see, when this pandemic thing's over, we'll have peace again. Stock market will go back up. Uh, food, the shelves and stores will get restocked. Uh, all those things, when all that happens, we'll have peace. But then let the next event come and all that go, go, go in the other direction, that, then speak. Jesus says, that's not the kind of peace I'm going to give you. Or the comments I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one that's constant. I'm going to give you one that, that no, no, no circumstance can rob you of it or take it away from you. I'm going to give you the confidence that you need that you can stand and I'll stand together with you no matter what's happening. And that's what he wants us to enjoy and experience in life. 
He doesn't want us to be afraid. See, he didn't give us the spirit of fear. And so when we're afraid and when we're in panic mode, then it's certainly not what God wants us to have or be. Now, something else, not only about that symptom is fear, but there's another symptom, and that's doubt. Doubt, all of a sudden, we get afraid, we panic, then we start doubting, you know, gee, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? What's going to happen, you know? Uh, and all these kind of things. And, and, and so, listen, Jesus, at one time, the disciples also were gathered together, and, and they were really worried about what was going to happen. And so Jesus, after his resurrection, he shows up in the midst of them, and he says this to them. He says, and he said to them, why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? He said, what are you worrying about? You know, why, why are you worrying about all these things? Because if you worry about these things, then all of a sudden, doubts begin to arise in your heart. Now, what is doubt? Doubt is double-minded. That's what James talked about. That we need wisdom so we won't be double-minded. Doubt is to think one way about something and then to think about it in another way. You know, is it really this or is it that or is it this or is it that? So all of a sudden we begin to doubt. Can Jesus really do it? Will Jesus really do it? Is he going to do it? Whatever it is, you, you know, or, or, or do we have that confidence? Yes, he is going to do it. So we begin to doubt. Uh, and, and so we get double-minded in our thinking. And so that's the danger of not trusting in him and when we have the symptoms of a troubled heart. So be careful when you begin to see these symptoms of a troubled heart come along, whether it's fear or doubt or panic or whatever it is, understand that that's not from God. And that's not the place or the state of mind that God wants you to be in. He wants you to have that peace that surpasses understanding. And so Jesus gives us a command that secures our lives. Don't let not your hearts be troubled. Never let your hearts be troubled. Let me give you a second thing. Not only does he give us security in this command that he gives us, but also we have security because of, his, because of our connection to him or his connection with us. That we're connected with Jesus Christ. Right? I mean, how much more secure can we be because we're connected to the Savior, Jesus Christ. That we have this relationship with Him uh, that, that gives us a connection with Him into all that He is. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. So He's talking about that connection of faith. Uh, that new life that we have in Christ to be born again. Uh, and when we begin to think about that, one of the things that that reminds us of, if we have connection with Him, then you should be close to me, is what Jesus is saying. That draw close, uh, you believe in God, what's he saying? Take it a step further, believe also in me, draw closer to me. Get, get, get close and personal with me in your relationship. Uh, and so for the, for, for the Jew, it was, it was believing that Jesus was their Messiah. They had an understanding of God. They knew God promised the Messiah's coming. And Jesus was really saying, here I am, trust me. Trust me. So for them, it was accepting Jesus Christ as who he was. For you and I, it's no different. It's believing uh, because God has revealed himself to us. It's believing and trusting 
in the full revelation of Jesus Christ. It's just accepting him for who he is and what he's done for us. Jesus says, you know, you believe in God, believe in me. Believe in who I am. Believe in what I've done for you. I believe in my life and my death and my resurrection. That's what he's saying. That if we believe that, then we're connected to him and we can draw close to him in that very thing. We should be close to him or we should choose him and then we'll be close to him, right? He goes on to say, you believe in God, believe also in me. Often, uh, in the Jewish understanding, when we think about being close to God, in their understanding, especially in Jesus' day, they, they seem to have an idea of God as being a distant God. Not a close one, but one of a kind of distant. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, when they saw God, uh, especially on Mount Sinai, remember, that they, they, they saw him and heard him and the rumblings in, in, in a cloud, uh, and they really couldn't see God. And so they had this understanding of a, a, a God who, who was far away in the sense. The rabbis taught about God as seemingly as, as less personal than Jesus Christ has made him and more judicial uh, than we understand him to be. Right? You know, God can't get close to him. He's always, you know, a... Uh, uh, evaluating us and he is but not in that sense but now he's present and he says believe he's with us and he says trust him today he's present and he'll stay and he says he'll stay with us he says I will never leave you that's how close we can draw to Jesus Christ Believe in God. Believe also in me. In other words, draw close to me. He says, first of all, choose me and then draw close to me. Believe in me and then come close in that relationship with me. See, when we have that type of relationship with Jesus Christ, then our, our worry and our stress level goes way down because we know that we're connected to him and that connection can never be severed. The Bible talks about that, that we can't be separated from, from him. Uh, the scripture asks, who can separate us from the love of God? The answer is no one, nothing. Uh, and so we're close to him. So when we go through these trials and tribulations, we have a partner in, in what's happening in our life. Our partner, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus said in John 14 and, and later on in John 16, same discourse with the disciples. Same discussion about his leaving. And he would tell them, he said, if I go, the Holy Spirit will come. And if the Holy Spirit will come, he will, he will abide in you forever. You see? We're never alone. We're never called to handle these things on our own. God is always there with us. Trust him and see what he's going to do. And then finally, security... Because of his care for us, right? Not only his connection and his command, but his care for us. L listen to the loving care that Jesus shared with his disciples on this particular time. You see, first of all, if you look at verses 2-6, two, two through six, first of all, he addresses the, the future. That's what we want to know, right? Wouldn't it be great if God said, you know, on April 15th, tax day, I'm going to end this virus. And I'm just going to wipe it out. I'm going to cause it to stop. Uh, it would be great if we knew that kind of information, detail in the future, but we don't. 
But what we do know is that God has our future. And that God lovingly cares for us in the present with, with regards to our future. Now listen to what he says. Is how, here's how he reassures us. He says, uh, he's talking about heaven. I, I don't know about, I'm excited about heaven, but it's not my time to go. So I'm excited about life now. And when Jesus calls me home, I'll be excited about being in heaven. And I'll be excited about uh, being there with him. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. We're not, so I will tell you, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So he's talking about the future. He's really saying, listen, I want you to know that I'm taking care of you. You're going to be in distress. You're going to be in despair. You're going to be worried. You might even be a little panicky, but I want you to know that I've got your future under control. He takes care of the greater needs. And if he takes care of our greater needs, what greater needs do we have than heaven? But if he takes care of our greater needs, why, why can't we expect that he'll take care of our lesser needs? I mean, isn't that what Paul said in Romans chapter 8? When he said this, he says, he, did not, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Paul says, look... You, you, well, you're worried right now. You know, the scripture says you're worried right now about whether or not you might get sick. Or you, not, might, you might have to be quarantined for 14 days. Uh, whether or not your portfolio is ever going to recover. And, 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 and scripture tells us that, that God has prepared you for greater things than that. Your eternal future. And if he would do that, then why wouldn't he take care of this stuff now? In other words, if he would give up the very best that he had, if he would give up his most loving thing, then why can't we trust him to take care of the other? Yeah. I gave up my son. And if I gave up my son, you know, it's almost an insult to God, isn't it? I mean, I can see God be offended by this. I gave up my son, and you're thinking, I'm not going to take care of you? I gave up my son, and you don't think I'm going to help you through this? And so, he addresses the future. He's going to take care of us. We're going to get through this. Everything's going to be fine. So don't worry about those things. In verses 4 and 5, he addresses our frustration. You know, sometimes we can get frustrated in these things, right? You know, Walmart nothing. There's no tissue paper there. You're going to get frustrated. <laughs> right. Somewhere along the way. I mean, hey, enough's enough. Right? So, we get frustrated. What happened? Verse 8. Where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Do you see the frustration, Thomas? We, we don't know where you're going. And we don't know how to get there. Thomas is all frustrated. Jesus has just told him where he was going. So I'm going to my father's house and prepare a place for you. And here Thomas is. Well, you didn't. You never told us where you're going. You know, aren't we like that sometimes? I, I mean, here Jesus. So I'm going. To, I'm going to my father's house. I'm going to come back and get you. Thomas says, "We don't know where you're going." 
You know, Mike Massengill here this morning, he might tell us, come on, man. <laughs> Don't you get it? Come on. What's going on? You see, the reason is because we don't, we get frustrated because we don't listen to God. Thomas didn't listen to him. And Thomas wound up frustrated. If we'll only listen to him, how much frustration does he alleviate in our lives every single day? How many times do we have to go back and say, God, I am sorry. I didn't listen to you. I want to encourage you to listen to him. He addresses our frustration. And then finally he addresses our faith. Then he says in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. You see, Jesus Christ addresses our faith. What does he say? Trust me. Trust me. I'm the way. He's the way through the pandemic. He's the truth that we're going to discover how to find peace in all this mess. And he certainly is the life. And he says, listen, I will take care of you if you will trust me. Now we're